you're listening to the Redeeming Grace Church podcast. For more information about our church, go to rgcrc.org. Hey everybody, Pastor Josh here. We had to cancel service this morning. It is October 25th, and uh, man, I hate canceling services, but uh, I think we made the right call. It is pretty crazy out there. and um, I wanted to just take a moment, though, and encourage you from the scriptures. And uh, I want to look at the Gospel of Matthew for just a moment. And uh, we've been going through the Gospel of John on Sunday mornings and uh, been looking at how Jesus is the Son of God and uh, came to do all of these amazing things. And to uh, by his death and resurrection and our belief in him, we are brought into eternal life and into light. Uh, so that's really the theme of John. Uh, Matthew, one of the other gospel writers and disciples of Jesus, uh, writes about Jesus and talks about him as being the king, Israel's king, the king of heaven and earth. And so I want to talk about that for just a moment. But let's just think about kingship for just a moment. To have a kingdom, because uh, John the Baptist says in, in Matthew 3, 2, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's really the theme of John's ministry. And if you go to Matthew chapter 4, the first, some of the first words of Jesus when he begins his ministry is this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is a huge theme in the gospel of Matthew. But what is a kingdom? To have a kingdom, you've got to have a king, someone who is ruling over everybody, everything and everyone, and he is in charge. And so we have a king. But also, you don't it's not just a king that, that makes a kingdom, but there has to be people who are being ruled over. There has to be citizens of the kingdom. And so in order to have a kingdom, you have to have three things. You have to have a king. You have to have citizens, those who are being ruled by that king. And then you have to have a realm. You have to have the, the range or the place that this king rules. What are the borders and boundaries where his rule is on the inside of those and he can't rule on the outside of those? And so the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what is John saying when he's announcing this? Is he is warning people, he is inviting people, he is telling people that the kingdom, the one who rules in the realm of heaven, the supreme of heaven, the one who rules angels, rules in the place. So you've got a king, you've got a realm, you've got citizens in heaven, the one who rules in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, um, that rules in that place and those subjects has come. The kingdom of heaven has come. Therefore, repent, which means you need to really think about your life. Because if the one who rules and reigns the realm and citizens of heaven has come to earth, then that means he is seeking, this has now become the realm of his rule, and he is seeking subjects. Will you be his subjects or will you be his enemies? And you need to consider that and repent. You need to change your life to match up with the reality that the one who rules and reigns in heaven has now come to earth and intends to rule and reign citizens in this place. So that's really the implications of that one phrase that both John the Baptist and Jesus, uh, their whole message is about. Let's think about King Jesus for just a moment. If you think about kingship down through history and in Israel's history, in secular history, world history, uh, monarchs are a real mixed bag, a monarchy, one where there's one person at the top in charge. I think we as uh, Americans who live in a democratic republic, um, I think that we sometimes can see the difficulties and the scary things about a monarchy because what's scary about a monarchy is that one person's in charge of everything and what he says goes. Now, that can be good if the king is morally good and selfless, right? If he's of high moral character and he's got good moral courage and he's not just trying to do things for himself and serves his citizens, then that's really good. The downside is that good kings die. And so that never lasts in a monarchy. Even if you have a morally good king who does morally good things and strengthens the nations and make things good for everybody, he will eventually die. 
And inevitably, at some point, you're going to get a bad king who uses his power for himself and demolishes the nation. We see that in Israel, where God warns them that they should not ask for a king because he knows that he, they might get some good ones along the way, but the bad one, but the good ones are going to die and the bad ones are going to destroy things and hurt people. So what happens is, is that we've got this announcement that the king, uh, the king of heaven has come. Uh, the one who rules and reigns in heaven is now going to rule and reign on the earth in a real tangible, visible, like you can see it, you can taste it, you can understand it way. But what is this king like? So Jesus shows up on the scene and essentially John says, uh, John the Baptist tells us at the end of Matthew chapter three, uh, that I baptize you with water and repentance, but he who is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not even worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then Jesus shows up and John basically says, this is the guy. And they agree, um, John somewhat reluctantly that Jesus will be baptized. And so this is sort of his, this is sort of his public announcement. The king, this is the king. This is the one who rules heaven, who's now come to rule earth, and he's looking for subjects. And uh, and we actually have this voice from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So you actually have the divine endorsement. Yep, kingdom of heaven has come. This is the king. And so everything else needs to fall into place under him. This is now um, not just, he's not just the ruler of heaven, but he has come to be the ruler of earth and he is seeking citizens. So then what happens is we need to figure out what the moral character of this king is. So Jesus is driven out into the desert and for 40 days and 40 nights eats nothing, eats and drinks nothing. So he is at his physical human, like on the brink of death weakness. And at this point in the, in a desolate place at, at his greatest human weakness, Satan, the greatest tempter of them all goes one-on-one -on -one with this king. So if anyone has the deck stacked against them, Jesus does. He is physically drained on the brink of death, and he is going against, in a desolate place, all by himself, against the one who took down humanity in the garden with just a few words. And we're going to see what is the moral character of this king. And what we have is we have a series of three temptations where Satan tries to get Jesus to fall in all the ways that every human king and every human being has ever fallen. And what happens is he systematically goes through all three and Jesus declares and Jesus overcomes every single one of those temptations, which tells us something that this king is the perfect human king. He is perfect in every way at the weakest point in the most desolate place at his absolute physical worst, if you can say that about Jesus, he is still of higher moral character than any other human being has been on their best day. Jesus on his worst day is perfectly moral. So he is going to be the kind of king who is entirely selfless, who is entirely perfect, who always makes the right decision, who never gets it wrong, who always creates the kind of kingdom that is perfect in every way. So Jesus is the promised king. John the Baptist tells us about that. And the earlier chapters of Matthew tell us that Jesus is the king who we've been waiting for. Every good king points to him. Every bad king makes us long for him. Uh, where Adam failed, the first king of the world um, failed, Jesus succeeds. Adam on his best day fails on the first temptation. Jesus on his worst day overcomes one-on-one -on -one with Satan, and he is the perfect king. He's the promised king. He's the perfect king. And now this king is seeking, seeking subjects and beginning to, in his ministry, go out. And he has the authority to cast out demons, to heal people, to multiply food, to calm storms, to cast out demons. And what we see is this king actually has authority over everything. So this king is promised, this king is perfect in his moral character, he is powerful over everything, and now he is seeking 
citizens. And in Matthew chapter 5 and 6, we have, Blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed those who meek, you are salt and light, do not be angry, don't, you know, all these different things on the Sermon on the Mount, we begin to see the kingdom values of Jesus. What will this king's kingdom be like? And you see that it is marked by selflessness, it's marked by humility, it's marked by love, it's marked by selflessness, and it's the king kind of kingdom that we long for. And really, like the kingdom charter is, is put in this way. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is like the, um, the Pledge of Allegiance. This is like the Pledge of Allegiance of this kingdom is that our Father in heaven is ruling and reigning. And we want to be totally submitted to King Jesus. So what happens then is so we have this king who is ruling a realm who is seeking citizens, and how does he bring citizens into his kingdom? Well, at the end of Matthew, we see that the way he does it is by dealing with their rebellion. Jesus dies. This is the kind of king, morally perfect, powerful over every single realm, over every single aspect of the earth. In heaven and on earth, he rules and he reigns. He reigns over diseases, and what he says goes. When he tells demons to flee, he does. He overcomes every temptation. Like You just cannot... Um, uh, overstate how how powerful King Jesus is, and yet he lays down his life, not just for his subjects, but for his enemies, that he pays for their sins, invites them into the kingdom, and those who will repent because the kingdom of heaven is, has come will turn from their sins, be brought into the kingdom, and live under King Jesus and all the sweet, wonderful things that King Jesus brings to those who just submit to him. But, listen to this, he rises from the dead which means he's permanent. Not only is he the promised king of the Old Testament, not only is he perfect in every single possible way, the perfect human being, the perfect human king, not only does he have power over absolutely everything in the known universe, he is also going to be permanent. Whereas every other good king has eventually died and then handed the reins off to someone else, this king is resurrected and he is perfect. And he is um, he is perfect. He is permanent in every way, which brings us to Matthew 28, which is really the final charge of King Jesus. Listen to this, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Listen to the kingly language here. Jesus says this, let me get there. Um, he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. That sounds like a kingly language, right? The kingdom of heaven has come. I used to rule. I, I have ruled in heaven. And now I'm making my rule manifest on the earth. And you can see it and you can touch it. All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, King Jesus, perfect, promised, powerful, permanent, says this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So if you've repented and come to faith in Jesus, you've become a kingdom citizen. And now you have received a charge from the king to be his ambassador. You get the wonderful privilege of telling people about a king who is promised from all of history, the king who is perfect in moral character in every way, the king who has power over every evil, over every disease, over everything in creation, a king who dies for his enemies to make them citizens, a king who is reigning and ruling and is permanent, who is resurrected from the dead and rules all things from heaven. You now have the wonderful privilege of inviting other people to repent of their way of living and to come under the lordship of this king, to receive on his terms uh, the, 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 uh, um, to come into his kingdom. And uh, that's what it means to make disciples. And we baptize in the name 
of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So they actually take the name of Jesus on them. We help baptize people to show that they're kingdom citizens. Baptism is not just a throwaway religious thing. It is done after we have become a disciple to show that we are kingdom citizens. It's us putting the king's mark on us. And so we have a responsibility to bear the king's mark, to wear the king's seal, to fly the king's flag over our lives, and then teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, to, to, to help learn and teach one another what it looks like to live according to the kingdom values, how to, how to live under the pledge of allegiance to Jesus, the Lord's prayer, and how to walk in him. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The king is ruling and reigning now. He, the king, is perfect in every way, permanent, forever, powerful over all things. And he, his realm is heaven and earth, and his subjects are you and me. And so that is the good news that Matthew tells us. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So let's repent. And then let's, as, as we've repented, let us fly his flag over our life through baptism. And then let us go and let us be ambassadors of this good king, teaching and learning and training together um, how to live under this glorious King Jesus and enjoy his rule and reign and spread it as far and wide as we possibly can. So wonderful, wonderful message of the Gospel of Matthew. And I hope that this is encouraging you today, that this brief summary of Matthew would cause you to marvel at King Jesus and all of his glory, to long to be one of his citizens, to repent and believe, be baptized, come into his kingdom, and then enjoy the realm of his rule, that he rules every single molecule in the entire universe. And we have the wonderful privilege of telling people, not about a harsh and angry king, but a glorious, self-sacrificing, powerful, perfect king who rules and reigns over all things. And what a privilege it is to repent and believe the gospel, to come into his kingdom and be his citizens. So God bless you. Thanks for taking a few minutes to listen to this. I hope it encourages you. And we hope to be back at church next Sunday. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Redeeming Grace Church podcast. For more information about our church, go to rgcrc.org.